Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast. I'm Bradley Shankar, a staff reporter and host of today's special episode. This week, we're focusing on Google Stadia, the tech giant's upcoming service that lets you stream games to a Chrome browser, smartphones, smart TVs, tablets, and through Chromecast. Uh, so to talk about Stadia, we have a special guest on the show today, uh, Ray Bautista. He's Stadia's business development manager. And thank you again, Ray, for joining us. Uh, so to start, can you just explain your role at Stadia? As a business development manager, what are you responsible for on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that my title is just a fancy way of saying content partnerships <laughs> really is what it boils down to. So uh, really myself and my team, our core responsibility is to go out there, uh, not only evangelize the platform, but look to work with publishers, big and small, development studios, big and small, um, and not only talk to them about why Stadia is awesome and why we believe it's the future of gaming, uh, but also put together partnership opportunities together where we could release their content on the platform. So game streaming technology is arguably still in its inf infancy uh, with nothing really having been done on this scale before, uh, like Stadia. So with that in mind, why do you think now is the right time to debut Stadia as opposed to another point later down the line? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think really just, just looking at where Google is as a company, um, you know, I think we're at a point in time right now where we truly can actually leverage the best of Google. Uh, what I mean by that is looking at how Google has spent the past two decades building out a technical infrastructure uh, that really was was meant to combat things like latency uh, from from the beginning. Uh, granted, that was more so focused on you know search results when it came to like Google Search, right? But now that same infrastructure uh, is uh, supporting a lot of our popular products today, whether it's Search, uh, whether it's Gmail, YouTube, Maps, what have you. We're now taking that infrastructure, we're spinning up GPUs and CPUs within these data centers, and now leveraging it to also support Stadia. So we really are a point in time right now where I think that um, you know Google not only has uh, the technical infrastructure to be able to provide a top-tier quality experience, uh, but I think we're also at a point right now where the consumers are ready for it. Um, you know, I think accessibility is key. I, I normally liken it to the first time yourself or your listeners may have actually uh, discovered the accessibility and the convenience of being able to stream a movie, right? No longer needing to uh, purchase a DVD player, no longer needing to purchase a Blu-ray player, being able to access that entertainment and that content through devices that you already currently have. That's, that's really what we're looking to achieve with Stadia. And on the subject of uh, consumers, uh, the Founders Edition sold out in Europe and is pretty much uh, selling out across the board in Canada and the U.S. So uh, is demand for Stadia larger than what Google expected? And uh, should consumers be concerned that perhaps this larger than expected demand uh, might impact playability at launch in terms of connections and performances? 
Uh, no, I mean, you know, we announced already that we're going to be releasing in 14 countries, um, you know, which is going to be U.S., Canada, most of Europe and, and the U.K. Um, the, the, the countries that we're going to be releasing in, it's, it's strategic, right? I mean, I mentioned um, that we are working very hard to assure that we are able to deliver a 4K 60 frame per second experience. Uh, and the countries that we're going to be releasing in, we're going to be able to do that. Um, obviously, we have uh, global ambitions with the platform. We're going to be announcing uh, as new territories uh, um, become available. Um, but really, that's that's the point and the goal, right? We're not going to consider releasing in a territory unless we can deliver that experience. Um, and we pretty much have that baked into the roadmap from, from a release timing perspective. So people think about, hey, is, is, are we... Did we bite off a little more than we can chew, so to speak? Um, and then when you look at uh, what we're doing with, with things like the Founders Edition, I think that more or less is, is a part of the culture of gaming, right? I mean, really, our, our goal there was to uh, look at the core games community and say, hey, for those of you that are ready to, to, to take this ride with us, for those of you that are not only excited about streaming as the future of gaming, but also excited about Stadia, we wanted to do something special. So things like, you know, being able to offer your friends a buddy pass, being able to have a special colored, uh, you know, midnight blue controller, being able to, um, uh, you know, get access to a custom Stadia name. Those are all things that uh, as a gamer myself, and we think the games community, they can really appreciate. So that was really the goal of the Founders Edition and keeping it at limited supply. Um, and don't know if you saw some of the recent news that we just announced last week. Uh, with the Founders Edition selling out, that doesn't mean that the access to Stadia goes away. Uh, we then are just going to convert over to what we call a Stadia Premier Edition, which still allows you to uh, access Stadia uh, day one. Uh, just some of the accoutrements, if you will, won't be available, such as you won't get the uh, the exclusive night blue controller. Uh, it'll come packed in with a clearly white controller. You won't have a buddy pass that you could share with your friends, um, and you won't be able to uh, have a custom Stadia name. So those are kind of like the perks that are tied with the Founders Edition. Um, if you missed that on that, you could still, same price, 129 purchase the Premier Edition. It just won't have those uh, those uh, limited exclusive features. Uh, and shifting over to games lineup, uh, Google's confirmed uh, dozens of games from a variety of publishers for Stadia so far. Uh, so with that in mind, how does Google decide on what games come to Stadia? Uh, like what are the sorts of criteria that you look at when considering whether to bring a certain title to the platform? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. You know, I think for us, really the goal, as I mentioned earlier, with Stadia is accessibility, right? So it, it's truly creating a device agnostic, uh, screen agnostic platform where current devices that you have right now, whether it's a seven year old laptop or a new eighty five inch four K TV that you just purchased, uh, or you know, a Pixel three A mobile device, you can actually play your AAA content there. So. When we say AAA content, I think it's more along the lines of talking about high graphical fidelity, uh, high PC console caliber type games, uh, being able to play those across devices. So really for us, we don't have a line in the sand, so to speak, where we say, oh, we need X amount of fighting games or X amount of first person shooting games. Really the place that we're starting from is really looking to build out our development community. So really the where we start is, hey, does this developer or publisher, regardless of how big or small they are, do they have a track record of releasing fun games? If they do, then we want to chat with them. We want to see, you know, what it would take to get them to start developing on the platform. Uh, and then when it comes to the games themselves, it's, is it something that we would be proud to have on the platform? 
right? And what I mean by that is, is it, would we be proud to have it from a storytelling perspective? Would we be proud to feature it from a diversity and inclusion perspective? And would we be proud to, to have it from, uh, you know, a AAA quality bar to uh, storytelling to even, um, you know, the, the type of game from an innovation perspective? So, you know, I'd say the easiest way to describe it is those two buckets. Is it a developer and publisher that has a track record of releasing fun games? And would we be proud to actually feature the content on the platform? It normally starts there. For sure. Uh, and kind of continuing off of that point, um, so far, you know, the majority of Stadia games uh, are titles that have either been released or are going to be launching day and date with Stadia alongside other platforms. So with that said, uh, you know, there are some Stadia exclusive titles confirmed so far. Uh, what role uh, would you say exclusivity is going to play in the future of the service? Like, can we expect to see a lot more in the way of Stadia only titles uh, in the future? Yeah, I, I think, you know, what you're seeing now, um, we understand that regardless of Google being attached to this, and I talked to you about our infrastructure and the resources we have to, to really push this, um, this initiative forward, we understand that at the end of the day, content is king, right? So the platform, just like other platforms that are out in the market right now, it's going to be successful based on the, the content that we're able to offer to, um, to the consumers. And I think that takes different forms, right? So you know, we we at GDC announced the recent hiring of Jade Raymond. Uh, she's going to be heading up our Stadia Games and, and Entertainment Division. Uh, that essentially is going to be really where I think you'll see a majority of the exclusive content coming from, right? Where we're going to be building games from the ground up. We're going to be releasing them through the Stadia label. Um, and, you know, I think right now from what you saw in the Stadia Connects that we've released prior to E3 and Gamescom, a lot of that is focused on third-party content. Uh, those partnerships are important, especially now that, you know, we're at the beginning of the platform. We're uh, looking to build out what that first party studio, what that Stadia Games and Entertainment uh, Studio can look like. Uh, but, yeah, very much so. Having exclusive content, having content that we believe separates Stadia versus what else is out there. Right. How is the content that we're actually featuring, not only on a game like a base game scoop? perspective being exclusive, but what about even partnerships that we can tie for beloved franchises or uh, partnerships that are coming out where the game in itself could be played best on Stadia by taking advantage of the features we have with like our YouTube integration and what have you. Um, but yeah, I guess that's my long-winded way of saying, yes, I think that content exclusivity in, in different forms will be important in terms of making the platform successful. Uh, and on that note of uh, third-party partnerships, uh, Ubisoft has been one of uh, Google's close partners on Stadia. Uh, and at E3, Ubisoft revealed that its own Uplay Plus service, uh, game streaming service, is going to come to Stadia in 2020. So was this a sort of like one-off deal? Uh, or is Google looking to bring services from other companies to kind of complement Stadia in the future? Like, What's the larger philosophy behind letting other companies offer their own services within Stadia? Yeah, I think we're exploring all of that. Right. I think for us, you know, I talked about accessibility at the consumer level, um, but, you know, accessibility is something we're preaching definitely in the developer ecosystem as well. So really for us, it's, it's how can we align ourselves again, going back to uh, studios and publishers that have a track record of releasing fun content and how can we find alignment to bring that content on the platform uh, for some folks like a. Ubisoft that was, hey, you know, we're interested in doing this Uplay um, subscription service. Is that something that makes sense? Uh, and, and it does. Uh, but, you know, we also have uh, more of the traditional uh, individual transactional sales uh, that you would see in today's market. Um, we are, of course, really pushing that with you could, as you can see with a lot of the content that we have there uh, to, you know, our uh, place to our Stadia Pro subscription service, which is very similar to that of a, a PlayStation Plus, right, where 
hey, if you have a Stadia Pro, you actually get uh, to play your games in 4K. And then we'll also do things like offer exclusive uh, discount bundles, uh, give you one or two free games a month that are rotating there. Um, so it's also another avenue, uh, I guess, as it relates to a subscription type uh, a business model that you can look at. But really, um, we're looking to support as long as it makes sense and it's a content that we're excited about business models across the board, right? So whether that's games as a service, free to play, subscription, individual transactional sales, uh, we're open to all of them and Stadia will support all of them. Uh, and on the subject of other services, uh, Microsoft's going to begin public trials of its own game streaming service, xCloud, uh, in October, which is around the same time that Stadia's are going to launch. And then Microsoft's also partnering with Sony to improve their cloud services across their respective product lineups. Uh, so with all of that said, how is Google looking to compete with xCloud as well as other companies in this increasingly competitive game streaming space? Oh, well, you know, I think we're at a point right now where we don't look at anybody that's entering the streaming space as competition. Um, we, we look at it as complementary. You know, honestly, I think it's you kind of kicked off the uh, the podcast with that, right? Like, hey, this is streaming is in its infancy phase. Um, I think everybody here at Google believes that, that streaming, especially in games, is, is an inevitability. Um, so making sure that that medium is able to mature uh, and the more people that we have backing that up uh, and essentially saying that, yeah, this is something where we do see whether it's going to uh, become the new standard in gaming or so just continue to be complementary to a gamer's gaming habits. That's something that gets us excited. So especially with what we're seeing with with what Microsoft is doing, uh, seeing partnerships that PlayStation is putting together, um, you know, it, it's stuff that we're all excited about. And I think that um, all of us will benefit together uh, in terms of pushing the, the streaming medium as a whole. And as a final question, uh, some people have expressed concerns that Google might not support Stadia in the long term. They've cited shorter lived uh, products and services like Google Glass or Google Plus. Uh, so what would you say to people to reassure them that Google's committed to Stadia uh, and this cloud gaming future, as you put it, in the long haul? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, really the way to look at that is is what is the what is the backing look like at the company itself, right? Um, and, you know, I think the fact that you saw Sundar come out uh, during our GDC keynote and, and talk about how important gaming is, uh, not only with what we're doing with Stadia, but the Google as a whole, um, that, that's a good indication uh, in, in terms of, you know, how much support the company has and, and us really trying to uh, push this forward um, and putting the financial resources and the employee bandwidth to make sure that we see this thing become successful. So, um, you know, other than that, I would say I would say to wait and see, right? We, we have a lot of uh, things coming down the pipe in our roadmap that I think will make that a little bit more clear to people other than what we've already announced. Uh, but we're definitely excited uh, about not only the support that it has internally, but a lot of the partnerships that we put together. And I think the uh, the gamer base, the dev community, um, and the folks in general, like in the tech space, uh, they should certainly keep an eye on things. But I think those questions will get answered organically as we start uh, putting more formal announcements out. Uh, well, that's great. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for taking the time. A great time chatting and, and uh, very happy to meet you, Bradley. Big fan of the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Take care. Thanks. So yeah, that was Ray Bautista from Google, uh, Stadia Business Development Manager. Um, so just as a, a little bit of a wrap up here, uh, Stadia will launch in Canada and 13 other countries in November. At launch, the only way to play Stadia will be through the Founders Edition, uh, which is still available for pre-order in Canada at the Google Store. Uh, it costs 169 Canadian and you'll get a Stadia controller, which was developed primarily in Waterloo, Ontario. Uh, three months of the 4K 60fps supported Stadia Pro subscription and a 4K-capable Chromecast Ultra, among other perks. Uh, and we'll have more on Stadia in the coming weeks, uh, so stay tuned to Mobile Syrup for the latest news. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brad Shankar, B-R-A-D-S-H-A-N-K-A-R. And of course, uh, all of Mobile Syrup's content on mobilesyrup.com or on Twitter and Instagram at Mobile Syrup. Uh, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.